Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. Oh, Jesus. Can you just stand up again? Can we just give a shout to Jesus? Come on. Jesus! Yes! We love you, Jesus! Ah, oh. oh, that felt good. Mm. Anytime. Wow. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Father. How many, how many of you guys were here? Were, how many of you were not at the first service? A show of hands. Cool. Great. Good. I, uh, I was deciding whether I should show, share any of those stories again because I have a whole other set of stories. I'm mostly just going to share stories today, and um, I just believe that God's going to move through that. He reveals his nature in everything he does, right? Every miracle, every encounter contains the face of God, contains the nature and heart of God. So when you see what he's doing, let's say you, somebody has a headache and they're healed. You could go, okay, well, that was a headache. It's healed. It's like, cool, let's just move on. Or you could really... Look at that. Sit in that moment a little longer and study the nature and character of God in removing that, that headache and really be impacted by his heart and transformed through something that, for some people, would be a f- phenomenal miracle and others might be like, ah, whatever, you know. You know? Come on. So we're just going to gaze on the beauty of Jesus together today and he's going he's gonna to move among us and do the things that he loves to do. Yeah. Um, what, I should have asked this before I stood up here. What time should I be wrapping up by? Okay. Okay, sweet. Yeah. Release the Kraken. The, the children. <laughs> the children, I mean, not Kraken. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Good. So, um, just before we get started, if you would... Open your Bibles with me to Matthew 27. I might not actually say anything I said in the first service. We'll see. Yes, Jesus is being crucified. Mm. Yeah. This is, a, this is an amazing sacrifice. This is when the God of heaven came to earth and then let people kill him so that they could become one with him. He wanted to be one with people who hated him enough to kill him. What otherworldly love is this? Wow. So verse 50, Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. This is the moment the spirit left his body and his physical body died. And it says, and behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and and the rocks were split. 
tombs were opened, many bodies of the saints who'd fallen asleep were raised. Coming out of the, to- the tombs after his resurrection, they entered the holy city and appeared to many. <laughs> what? Um, now the centurion and those who were with him keeping guard over Jesus when they saw the earthquake and the things that were happening, they became very frightened and said, truly this was the son of God. Yeah. I just want to dwell on that, that in verse 51 there for a moment. The veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. For those of you who are not familiar with this, in the temple there was a, a small room deep inside the temple that was the holy of holies, the most holy place. And there was a, a curtain or a veil over that room that was, it was, really, it was actually about a foot thick. It was a big curtain. Um, and inside that room, the manifest presence of God Lived. That was where the Holy One himself would abide. And if anyone entered that room who wasn't supposed to be there, they would die. This isn't because God was in there, like, just brooding and angry and ready to kill anyone who came close enough. That's not, that's not what was happening. But the reason that would happen is because unholiness can't exist in the presence of holiness. It actually can't Exist. So when something unholy or wasn't supposed to be there would come, on, come in, it would just, you know, it would die. So the, the priest, this is a serious thing. The priest would actually wear a rope tied around their ankle going to the outside of the temple, and they would wear bells around their, their robes so people would be outside listening. And if the bells stopped jingling, they would know they were dead, and they'd use the rope to pull them out. It, this is what was, you know, because... God is holy, and nothing, anything unholy that gets in his presence disappears. Now, in the New Covenant, this is good news for us. You know, this means that every evil thing, every, everything that's not by God's design, sin, disease, depression, any kind of bondage disappears in his presence. You know, this is, this is the fullness of what that was pointing to. But that was serious. That was real. So, so God's in there, and he has this veil separating humanity from the presence of God. Jesus, is, <laughs> Jesus dies, and it says his spirit leaves his body. Okay? The veil of the temple is torn. There's another verse that says the veil of his flesh was torn because God was actually inhabiting Jesus Christ's physical body. When it was broken, it was... You know, the natural is mirroring the spiritual. Is that veil of, of separation between God and man was, was torn in two. And this gave us, sure, it gave us access, but it wasn't for that literal room in the temple, because I've never been in that room, you know. And I, you know, God was in there, and he said, he said, the Lord should not live in a house made with human hands. And he was at the time. But that was just temporary, he always had something better in mind. So when the veil was torn, it wasn't for us to go into that building. It was for him to come out into the house that he truly desired, which is you and I. He wanted to come out and for us to become the temple of the living God, for us to become the very holy of holies, the most holy place. Wow, that's impossible. We can't make ourselves that holy. So he had to do it for us. And it's just received with childlike faith. This is what he did. So he came out of the temple and into us. Now we're living, believe it or not, in perfect union with Jesus. Believe it or not, 
this is what we have right now. Jesus, in his high priestly prayer in John 17, he was actually interceding that we would have his relationship to the Father. His relationship. He gave you Jesus' relationship with God. Are you getting this? this? His intimacy with the Father. His experience of it. The practical outworkings of his union with the Father. He gave to us. That's why he died. <laughs> wow. We have so much to explore, you guys. We have so much to explore. We've... You and I, we've barely scratched the surface of what this can look like. Yeah. There's so much available in him. And it's all through grace, right? You can't work for this. You can't, <laughs> you can't be good enough to receive any of this stuff. It has to be a miracle. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. So my wife and I are exploring this, <laughs> this reality. We're exploring the implications of what that actually means. And um, I had this realization like several, uh, several years ago <sighs> Jesus Christ in me is the same as Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago. And if that's true, there should be mobs of people following me down the street just because of the miracles and power and love. That's what should be happening. That's what Jesus described, in fact, and that's what the apostles experienced. So we've actually, we've had that in a measure. We haven't seen thousands follow us down the street yet, but there's been dozens, <laughs> you know, just, just grabbing at our clothes, pulling us, desperate for a touch from Jesus. People who don't even know who or what Jesus is, they ask me if I'm Jesus, ask if Jesus is some kind of food, if Jesus is a Buddhist monk. They don't know. They just don't know, but they know that whatever Jesus is, it just healed that blind man. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Wow. It's amazing. And um, this is why I do what I do, is to actually experience friendship and intimacy with the Jesus Christ the one that we read about. I want to see what friendship with him is actually like. I had this, uh, when I was 18, I, read a, I got the fire for evangelism from Song of Solomon. It says, I must arise and seek my beloved in the streets. 
So I started going to the streets and just looking for him. Looking for him with the homeless, with the lost, with random strangers. Jesus, where are you? And then he'd appear. (sighs) These miracles would happen. The miracles are signs that he's actually there. And he actually is the person you've read about. Hmm. It's all about friendship, union. You know, if somebody tells you, you're called to walk on water with Jesus, and you hear it and you're, you take it seriously, your heart kind of jumps. What, is it, what does your heart jump at? Does it jump at the danger like, okay, if this doesn't work, I could drown? Does it jump at, wow, that's a cool miracle? Does it jump at with Jesus? I just daily want to give my life to know him in that way. Mm. Yeah. He became the perfect sacrifice that provided the perfect salvation. Hmm. He's always present and available. Wow. A few months ago, I was in... Um, so we live in Thailand, and we, but we're ministering all over Asia. We travel a lot. We do, it all, we do it all as a family. So our son, Anchor, he's two years and two months old. He's been to 12 different countries. Um, he was born in Thailand started crawling in the South Korea airport, (laughs) said his first words in America, took his first steps in New Zealand. Actually, in the back of the room, as a a lady who was deaf since she was 12 had her ears opening up, my son's in the back of the room walking for the first time. This is a good day! (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, he... What else was it? Yeah. Yeah, walking in New Zealand. Anyways, he's just all over. This is his childhood. He's, and we, we didn't travel for two months be, because we were about to have the next baby. And that was the longest anchor's ever gone without flying somewhere. And uh, one day he, he grabs me by the hand and pulls me out of the house, and he points at our truck, and he's like, bye-bye, airplane, bye-bye, airplane. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank God he likes it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so we just try to do it all as a family and um, love doing stuff with kids. You have to adapt and improvise and, you know, be flexible and open up your schedule, which actually adds up to more fun. You know, kids give you an excuse to have fun instead of just like doing back-to-back meetings for days and days and days. But you're like, oh, I'm going to go to the beach. And this is a good thing. This is important, you know? Yeah, I love doing it. I love doing it with kids. Um, all this. All this stuff. It's fun. Yeah. So we were, um, you know, motherhood for Lacey. Normally she'd be sharing this, but 
I'll tell it today. She's standing in the back there bouncing our newest son, Everest. Um, we were, uh, when Anchor was like a year and a couple months old, she hadn't been able to go up into the Himalayas for a while because of high altitude, being pregnant and then having a newborn, we couldn't take him super high. So whenever it came to really high altitude trips, I would just do them by myself for a, a period of, what, two years, I think? which is hard for us. We like to do it all together normally. Um, but then we, she finally got a chance to go to, you know, our son was old enough to take him to high altitude. And so we're out in this um, community way up, up in the Himalayas, about, uh, I think, 12, 13,000 feet and snowing. And, um, you know, Lacey had been, like, longing to go back into these areas, and she'd been unable to. And so she's like... She's fully in the throes of motherhood and everything that entails. And all the mothers probably know what I'm talking about. Um, and so she's like, finally, I'm here. But there's also this cry in her heart that's like, Jesus, you must move because I've missed this. And now I'm here and we have an opportunity. And so we're at this Buddhist holy site. There's all these people walking around and she sees a lady with a cane, and she's just like, woo, goes after this lady and um, starts praying for her, and this crowd gathers, and, and um, the lady, did she get healed, babe? She didn't. Maybe. Maybe after we left, but not immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like super old and speaks a language that we didn't, we don't speak that particular dialect. Uh, we don't really know any of. Um, so Lacey's <laughs> like trying, but she's trying anyways. That's what you got to do sometimes. You just got to try. Um, sometimes to get the breakthrough, you actually have to break through something. Okay? That was a freebie. There you go. You can take that and apply it wherever it's relevant. Um, <laughs> so... She's, like, trying to pray for this lady. Communication's not really happening. But then all these people crowd around and start pressing in, and this is fully illegal to preach the gospel, illegal to uh, have crowds, but here's a crowd that's happening, not by our decision, but it's happening. And people begin to get healed in the crowd. There's this deaf lady. Her ears pop open. She can hear it. With every miracle, the, the crowd just gets more frenzied, you know, and they're like, crushing us, grabbing our clothes, grabbing our hands, dragging us places, and we're just like, eventually we're backed up against this pile of sacred Buddhist stones, and people are so hungry, they're like climbing and standing on these sacred stones, and to put your foot on something, anything, is super, like, very offensive and disrespectful in that culture, especially something sacred, right? But they don't care. They're just so hungry. They're, like, climbing on these stones and standing on them just to get anywhere where they could touch us, you know. And, and then we're, we're also doing family life as well. And so Anchor needs to nurse as this is happening. So Lacey, like, kind of pushes and fights her way out, of the, out to the edge of the crowd. But, like, a, a large contingent followed her. And... Um, she sits down and just starts to nurse, but these guys don't care. They're like uh, kind of tribal out there people. Um, 
And uh, so they're like gathered around her and they bring this blind man. They're like, here, heal this guy. And he's, he's blind, so he doesn't know she's nursing or anything. He probably wouldn't care if he did know. But um, so as she's nursing, she just reaches out with one hand and lays hands on him. No language connection happening, okay? They're not speaking the same language, but his eyes pop open. He can see suddenly. And uh, the crowd's just, whoa, what's going on? This is crazy. This chick's opening blind eyes. And, and uh, so then there's somebody with a tumor. Feel free to chip in details, babe. Somebody, somebody was there with a tumor. Who the, the tumor disappeared off their body. This is while she's breastfeeding, you guys. Um, bad, yeah, messed up legs, messed up backs, getting healed. And uh, we're with these local secret believers, and uh, they became less secret as the time went by. Um, but, and these guys are also, like, getting so encouraged by what's happening. They're starting to step out and see miracles as well, and uh, they're sharing the gospel in their mother tongue to these people, and it's just such an amazing experience, you know. Um, whatever God's put in front of you, if you're, if you're married or if you have kids or you want to have kids or whatever, whatever God's put in front of you is still what God's put in front of you. I'm going to say that again. If you have kids, whatever God's put in front of you is still what he's put in front of you. Sometimes you just have to break through a little bit. Sometimes you have to push a little bit and be okay with not fully knowing how things are going to go or what's going to turn out, but you're like, you've caught the scent of Jesus and you're just following, you know? And your kids need to grow up in that. Your kids need to grow up in an environment where they learn how to take risk. Your kids need to grow up knowing how to follow the Holy Spirit, even when it doesn't make sense. A, f- a few months ago, just before Christmas, we were in an area, um, can't say where again, but it was a war zone. Actually got smuggled into this area from another country um, illegally by a bunch of rebel insurgents um, the, to meet with rebel commanders and community leaders and stuff like that. And um, we prayed about it a lot, of course, and God said, yeah, do it. And we you know, with Lacey, Lacey was pregnant with this guy who's now two months old. She was third trimester. Third trimester pregnant. Yeah. Yeah, that's... She's third trimester pregnant, and we have a son who's less than two years old, so he's super mobile but doesn't have any logic yet. Um, but we, we, we heard the, the green light, the go-ahead from the Holy Spirit to do this, and... Um, so, you know, we did it, and there was some good things that came from it, really cool connections, and we got to minister to some of these rebel commanders in a really, uh, really cool way and build some relationships in that, in that respect. Um, and we were fine, okay? <clears throat> we were fine. That same week, there was a shooting at a church in Texas. People are sitting on a Sunday morning in a Baptist church in Texas, that's like the most low-risk environment I can possibly think of. And somebody walks in and all these people die tragically. You just never know. 
Here, we're in a war zone. We're fine. At the exact same time, this is happening. You just never know. All you can do is follow Jesus and trust him. That's all you can do in this life. Just follow Jesus as best as you can and trust him to make up the difference. Yeah. There's grace for that. When you follow Jesus, you're not following from a distance, you know. You're, You're right there. You're with him. The Jesus. Yeah. Um, A couple weeks before that episode with the rebels, um, I was in this uh, area, part of the Himalayas that's uh, really dangerous and very remote. Um, And uh, they're killing Christians in the villages where we're going. They've even tried to stone American missionaries and Stuff like that. Of course, I didn't know that till I got to the villages. But um, <clears throat> we're doing a, a, a training for these tribal church planners. And some of them hiked for three days coming down out of the mountains to be at these trainings. And they're in unreached, remote, difficult places. And they're so, just so hungry for God. They came to these meetings and for like two days, they're all just laid out under the power of God, like encountering his power and his presence in such profound ways. It was so loud. The villagers heard the, the ruckus, and they would come and like stick their heads in through the window and scope out what's going on. So <clears throat> I'm like preaching the gospel to the people out the windows while this, all these guys are just laid out, and um, it was so powerful. But then after that, we went with some of them and trekked out to some of the villages that they're from. And um, it's nine, nine days of hiking to get out there, round trip, um, through like, there's like jungle, leeches, um, very steep, gnarly stuff. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Not everybody's cup of tea, but I'm like, this is a great ministry trip. Um, and uh, we get out there and find that they're actually killing Christians in these areas. And then there's, there's a lot of witchcraft there. I'm sorry this is, this, if this is unsettling for anybody. There's a lot of witchcraft out there. Um, and uh, it's one of those places where the the demons actually manifest, take on physical form, and like roam around the woods and the and the villages. And they like eat animals and attack people and stuff. So the Christians are actually like attacking these demons with knives and stuff like that. To... No, this is weird stuff. I mean, I'm not bothered by that at all because they're demons. To be afraid of a demon is kind of a silly thing to be afraid of when you know who your God is, and. <clears throat> When you're actually aware of your sonship and your union with the one and only Jesus Christ, who's been given the name above every name, who's been seated as the power above every other power, the authority over every other authority in this age and the age to come, and everything that has been put under his feet, and you've been brought into union with that one, why would you be afraid of a demon? That is ludicrous. (laughs) 
Some Christians won't even walk into certain health food stores. Because <laughs> someone in there is new age. It's like, what? Do you know who you are? Do you know who you're one spirit with? Come on. Anyways, so we're sleeping in this hut up on top of a mountain. And we're going to bed, and we can actually hear these demon creatures whistling outside. And um, that doesn't, it was actually the best night's sleep I had on the entire trip. Um, I'm okay with that. I'm just happy to be there. Um, I feel like over, I feel the favor of God on my life when I'm in a place like that. I'm like, this is awesome. How many people get to bring the kingdom of God in some place like this? You know, yes! So, we're hearing this happen and going to sleep. And as I'm going to sleep, God, the Holy Spirit speaks to me. He says, your host is a witch doctor. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, and he and his wife have these physical problems, names some physical problems. I'm going to heal them in the morning. I'm like, awesome. So I went to sleep. Got up, started talking to him. It turns out they are witch doctors. Um, one of the things that, well, hold on. I'll get to that. So they are witch doctors. And... Um, I asked about the problems. They both had the things that God said, so we just laid hands on them. Just, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Just, Jesus. And then he's, you know, how is it? He's checking, and whatever the problems were, they're just gone. And he's like, whoa, how did you do that? You know, so... This guy, one of the things he does is he offers animal sacrifices to heal people supernaturally. I'm assuming with varying degrees of success, but um, he's, so he he offers animal sacrifices to heal people. So I, I began to share with him. I was like, this is amazing because Jesus, and he, so he's asking us, how did you do that? All you did was touch me. There was no price. There's no, no offering there's no ceremony. All you did was touch me. How did you do that? So I said, well, Jesus Christ it was the Son of God, and he actually gave himself as the sacrifice. He was the one complete sacrifice for every problem, for every person who has ever lived or will ever live. For everything, for everyone, one perfect sacrifice. So we no longer have to give, like, lots of little sacrifices. We have, there's, this, there's one, and we just believe in him, and you're healed, and your sin is taken away. You know, all that stuff. And he's like, this is amazing news. Can you believe that? You know, he doesn't know. He's doing what he can. He's doing what he knows. And he didn't know. You know, he didn't know. He didn't know about Jesus. You know, so of course he's happy to hear. That's great news. 
he's just out there. Two days walk from the end of a Jeep trail. You know? I really love that I get to do this. And um, I wish there were more people doing it. So if you want to do it, you should probably just do it. Yeah. You know what's encouraging, though? Jesus said... He said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are, few. laborers are few. Therefore, try really hard and recruit lots of people. <laughs> no, he said, ask the Lord of the harvest to send the laborers. Because you don't want, you know, you want people that the Lord sent. You want to be sent. And I suspect that some of you, as you're listening, you feel this fire inside as I'm talking, just this burning, and like all other options in life are starting to fade away. And you got to follow that. That's what it means to follow Jesus, is when all the other options disappear, you only have him. That doesn't require going to some foreign land but it does mean you abandon every other option to be with him, to follow his voice, to follow his presence, to, to be his friend. Ah, Father. Mm. Yeah. Jesus said to the disciples, come follow me. And it says they left everything and followed him. But they never left their country in those three years of ministry. They're actually in their hometowns a lot. But they'd left everything to follow him. This is something our generation needs to hear about following Jesus. Just following Jesus. When he says go, you go where he said, when he said it, the way he said. That's just what you do. Why? Because he's Lord. That's why you do it. Now, why is it a good idea? Because he's a good father? Because he's smarter than you? 
because he's basically turning you into Jesus, and he has, a, he has a path that he wants to accomplish that through in your life. So the best thing you can do is just submit to it. You know, we've received a lot of revelation about the Father's heart. We as a generation over the last, you know, two decades or so, you know, we're discovering that he actually cares about our hearts, that he actually cares about our dreams and desires. This is true. This is part of who he is. But one perversion of that is, so that means that I just do whatever I want, and then he somehow fits into my life that I'm building for myself. And I hear him saying, do this, but I don't actually have to do that because there's grace. So he says that, but it's optional. And um, I would like for that sense of option to just be removed because he's smarter than you, so it's a good idea to do what he says because he sees things that, that we don't, but also because he's Lord. You know? Come on. You just do it. Just do it. It'll be great. <laughs> you might die, but it'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. You'll die anyways doing other stuff, so who cares? <laughs> this way you might not die. <laughs> The other way, you don't have the option. Come on. Wow. This is good. <laughs> yeah. Because <sighs> it's a question of do you trust him? Do you trust him to take care of your finances? Do you trust him to take care of your need for community? Because many people receive a call from God and they'll say, I'll do that once I have X, Y, Z. And because of that condition, they end up writing themselves out of the call. You know, Reinhard Bonnke, he asked God, why me? He's seeing millions and millions of people come to faith in Jesus in Africa. Finally, he asked God, why me? Why did you ask me to do this? And God says, I actually asked several people before you you were just the first to said yes. You see what those other people excluded themselves from? The harvest, the blessing, the abundance. You know? Wow. So you just got to say yes. You know? You say yes. Your yes becomes your legacy that you leave for future generations. The degree that you say yes is the degree that you leave a legacy. You know, I remember um, we were living in Reading, and we just suddenly felt like there's a season shift, but we didn't know what. So we sat in our car, and we were like, Jesus, we say yes to you. We say yes to where, whatever you're about to do. Blank check. Now show us what you want us to do. Show us what it is so that we can do it, so that we know what we just said yes to. We already said yes, just show us what it is so we can do it, you know? And then within a few months, we were living in Asia, and I was like, yeah, we were broke. We had no money living in Reading. Chris, <laughs> Chris, and then God would send Chris Kildosher in our path every once in a while, like the ravens feeding <laughs> Elijah. And uh, yeah, this one time, 
I had just used the, this is living in Reading, working a job, okay? Um, yeah, jobs are great. People should definitely work jobs. I was working a job, and it wasn't meeting my needs, though. I was working a job, and uh, <laughs> anyways, I, I just spent the last of my money on peanut butter and olive oil. And that, I'm talking bank accounts, even, okay? And then I had some spare change left, so I'm like, well, I might as well give the change to a homeless guy. So I'm like, here you go, homeless guy. And then um, driving home from the grocery store, I just gave away my last coins, okay? And as I'm driving into our neighborhood, God's like, go to Westside Pizza. Like, Westside Pizza? I can't buy a pizza. Why am I going to walk into a pizza place? I can't buy a pizza. He's just like, just go there. So I... Turned the car, went to this pizza place, walk in. There's Chris. He hadn't seen him in months. And he's like, he's like, I don't know why I'm here. He's like, I just felt like I was supposed to come here. I was like, all right. This is classic Chris Kildosher moment right here. We hadn't seen each other in months, though. He'd been on the road. We'd been on the road. And uh, then, you know, we're just hanging out. He doesn't know anything. Well, actually, he probably did know, but not from us. You know, you never know how much Chris knows. If you know Chris well, you know what I'm talking about. So I hadn't, we hadn't told him anything about our situation. And he like, he's like, here, let me buy you a pizza. And then he's like, and here's $100. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> awesome. I just gave away my last coin. I didn't tell him that, but I was like, this means so much to me. <laughs> I have no money. And then we went home, and he's like, the next day he texts me. He's like, dude, you should come over and hang out. So we went, and we're standing in his, in his house, and he just gets this faraway look in his eyes and kind of looks down. <laughs> and you know what I'm talking about. He just kind of looks down, and he doesn't say anything. He just goes to the kitchen and starts unloading the cabinets and putting the food in grocery bags. And he's like, he hands us like two full Trader Joe's bags, and he's like, I was at Trader Joe's, and I bought all this stuff I don't usually get. I was like, I don't even know why I'm buying this. And he's like, here, you, I want to give these to you guys. He still didn't know our situation, and it was all of our favorite items from Trader Joe's. <laughs> yeah, just amazing, just amazing. Anyways, but we were struggling financially, living in Reading and that kind of thing. And then God said, move overseas. And he just said, go, like, imminently, you know? We didn't spend a bunch of time raising money, which is, you know, people do that, and it's probably a good idea normally, but um, we just went, and from the, from the moment we moved overseas, we were suddenly financially more comfortable than we'd ever been before and taken care of, and we didn't raise support, you know? It was wild. It was wild. There's so much more than that, but it was like, you know, seek first the kingdom and these things will be added to you. These things referring to food, shelter, and clothing. And he specifies clothing that's as good as Solomon's. I left all my robes at home, so I, normally I wear a Solomon robe. but <laughs> No, but he, he, say, he says not, not just like barely enough, but like good stuff. If you seek first the kingdom, you know, then you're totally taken care of. And, and uh, it's just amazing. You know, sometimes I'm like curled up in this tiny, basically like laying on a pile of rocks in this gnarly hut, choking on smoke all night. 
sometimes it's that, but then sometimes it's like an Airbnb in Corona Del, <laughs> Corona Del Mar. And like, it's all good. You know, it's amazing. This, this life we get to live following Jesus and he, he takes care of us. And, you know, he, we normally do everything within community, right? But God said, before we move to Thailand, he said, move someplace where you have no existing community and I'm going to build it around you. This, this is a bigger leap of faith. Okay, it feels like a bigger risk for us. Like we're going out on a, on a limb a little more than if we're just going somewhere with no money. Um, and we're like, all right, we'll do it because you said it. So it's going to be good. And, and I trust you to be the father that you are. I, tr- I actually trust that you have my needs in mind, that you're more conscious of my needs than I am, and that you actually will take care of them, all of them. So we just did it, you know, and there's a, definitely a period where uh, it was hard, but now it's starting to happen. It's starting to happen, and... and um, There's something about giving God that unconditional yes in your life. And it might not involve ever leaving the country or the city. That's not what I'm talking about, okay? I'm not talking about travel, all right? And I'm not talking about quitting your job or something like that. But what I am talking about is whatever God has put in front of you, whatever he's spoken of to you, even when it doesn't make sense, do you trust him as a father? Because that's what this is all about, it's not about the job. He can always find someone else to do the job. <laughs> it's about you knowing him as a father and becoming like him through his fatherhood in your life. You know? Come on. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus. If you live your life based on need, you're just going to burn out, you know, trying to save the world. You can't do that. You just have to live by the Father's voice. Yeah. The thing is, he could just, he could flip a switch and do all the stuff that he wants to do, but he's chosen to involve us because he likes us. He wants to do it with us. So he's actually slowed down the process, the efficiency of the, the project, if you will, so that his kids can be there with him. <laughs> and we're like, I'm helping daddy, you know. I'm helping mommy bake. And you're just throwing flour all over the place. And she's like, this is what I want. This is what I signed up for when I brought you in the kitchen. We're together. And it's messy. And I could have made like three pies by now. You know? Come on. Because he loves you. He wants you involved. What a God. Uh. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> he does family so well. Yeah. Ugh. He's, he's father, but he's also king. He's king, but he's also daddy. You know? It's like... <sighs> so... Mm. Let me pray for you guys. Yeah. We, we want to have... We want presents to take people out to us. Make that happen. Just come and, you know, do whatever. It'll be good. We have a worship house there in Thailand where um, the vision is for it to just be a place of high praise to Jesus, just to cultivate an environment of the manifest presence of God and adoration and intimacy, and then from that place to impact the communities and stuff. And we're just like, want to funnel as many people into that kind of environment as we can. So, yeah. If you're interested in coming on a trip or something like that, I don't normally say something like this, but I kind of feel like I should. Just go to our website and email us. It's thegladworld.com if you're interested in coming out or something. Or we can do, maybe presidents can do a team or something. I don't know. Um, Something. Figure it out. We love you guys. We love what this house carries. Your DNA, we have the same DNA, you know? It's awesome. Um, uh, If there are people here who there's something that you know that God's put in front of you, some kind of call or task or vision or something that he's put in front of you that you've found a lot of reasons for it to not happen yet. And granted, this could be the timing of the Lord, okay? It could be, might not be. Could be the timing of the Lord that it hasn't happened yet. Um, But if there's like something that God has shown you that he has for you to do or, or places to go, something like that, and there's some reason that you haven't done it yet, but you know you got this nagging thing, it's still there, it's still there, it's still there. Um, I got to do it one day. Can I, can I ask those people to stand up if that resonates with you? Some of you actually probably have something that you received as a child, and then life happened, and you never really made it there, and you've asked God, you've actually wrestled with him, what in the world, God, why am I not living in what you showed me? Um, where is your promise? Where is the God who... Where's the God who spoke to me about this? And, uh, yeah, just close your eyes right now. He's here. Mm. And if you would, just put your hands on your heart. Yeah. I just, I speak to every heart that's here. You have what it takes. You can be a child. You were one, one, one. You were one once already. You can be a child again. You can follow your daddy. You can go with your daddy. He wants you there. He wants you involved. He likes you. He's not bothered by you. You're not an inconvenience to him.
He loves having you involved and nothing is impossible for you because you're with him. Yeah. So I just bless every person here. Father, I pray that you'd pour fire on those dreams, on those visions, on those calls, that you'd just light those things on fire, that you'd begin to bring things that have been dormant for a long time back into the forefront, that forgotten dreams, forgotten visions would be reignited. Thank you, Jesus. And I just speak to every limitation to be lifted off, to disappear. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that nothing's impossible. And um, I want to pray for the mothers here. Oh, Jesus. Can I get, the, yeah, can I get every, all the mothers to stand up? Oh, Father. Yeah, God, thank you for the mothers. I've learned in the last two years of parenthood that dads have to choose to not be selfish. But mothers just are. They, they don't have the, you know? They don't have the choice. <laughs> um, wow, Father, I just pray for the mothers that are here. Um, I pray that they would feel wind beneath their wings and that all the land, I see like just this vast land in front of each one of you that God has prepared for you. And you've got, there's like just this destiny and future and excitement ahead of you. And, and um, <clears throat> Father, I just pray that they would feel a wind coming up behind them right now, just lifting them, lifting them and blowing them forward. I pray for grace. I pray that um, the invisible ceiling would be broken every, every, over every single w- woman and mother that's here today. I pray that they would feel celebrated and lifted up and empowered for who they are. Jesus. Mm. I pray that husbands would begin to see their wives' callings, giftings, strengths, the, the, the destiny that's in their wives and make way for them, to prepare the way for their wives to step into their destiny. I pray that, that this house would be known for those kinds of marriages. Thank you, Father God. Yeah, this is the hour for women in the, in the world. Yeah, thank you, God, for the women. There's so many people groups in the world that wouldn't be reached if it wasn't for the single women on the mission field. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, I just bless you, women, to thrive and explode in influence and anointing and favor and strength. Yeah. Thank you, Papa. And let there be grace to figure out how to do it all as a family. Hmm. Jesus' name. Wow, amen. That's good. Cool. Yeah. That's all I got. Or is it? Yeah. Come on. Come on. Would you guys, uh, let's just pray for Joel and Lacey. You guys come on up real quick. Um, you guys can lean against the back, and maybe some of our leaders can come and just pray over them. The rest of you guys just stretch your hands towards them. How many of you guys were inspired by that message? Is that? Just stretch your hands towards them. Some of our leadership could come. Spencer, you're going to come on up too and just kind of pray. Tim, come on up. You're fine. Rodney, come on up. Just a few people. 
You just come and pray. God, we just thank you for the opportunity. We thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to host your children and your champions, Lord. Your children and your champions. God, we honor this couple. God, we honor what they're, what they're obedient to. We honor the calling, but most of all, God, we honor their friendship with you and, and their heart with you and their heart for us, God. God, I thank you for just radical, radical favor. Like Joel was saying, I feel so favored to be here. God, I pray that we would learn from them. God, we pray for that, that favor to continue to increase, Lord. Just an expansion of favor in the nations, Lord. God, that when we get to heaven, we would see beauty, splendor, and nations that are celebrating your name and that are hugging these two. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I want to give an opportunity. Um, the, wherever you sow is where you'll go. I want to give an opportunity um, to sow into these guys. Um, you're in a no compulsion to sow, but if you feel your heart pulling you, or you're like, man, I want to go this way. I, I sat in meetings like this as a college student, and I just gave all my money to people that shared stuff like this, and then God leads you that path. Uh, there's something about surrender. There's something about just, just sowing. And so if you want to partner with these guys regularly, you can go to thegladworld.com, thegladworld.com. But if you want to sow, you can sow um, 84321 um, is the number. And then just text the amount and then put space, put speaker. We'll also put a basket up here um, to give to them. It feels holy in here right now. Kind of just want to like just take some time and pray. And if you guys need to go, you're, you're more than welcome to go. But um, let's just pray for the nations right now. And let's pray, for, let's pray for America. If you need to slide out, it's fine. I understand you're not less spiritual if you have to go. But if, if you just want to engage with God, um, I'm just going to kind of leave it here like this. Let's, let's not do music. Just, it just feels holy in here. I just want to leave it for just a minute. God, we just thank you, Lord, that the kinds of stories that are happening in Asia are the kinds of stories that happen here, God, that they prophesied over us today, that that's the kind of stories in Orange County, that flocks of people would run after people in this community down the street to get healed. God, that uh, people would get in trouble with the government, God, but it would turn around to uh, God trouble that uh, government leaders would get saved. And um, I like you said that you got smuggled into the nation illegally, but it wasn't illegal to the rebel leaders because they're the leader in the area and they smuggled you in. So it really wasn't illegal. (laughs) God, we just pray for special favor on people. Just pray in the spirit for just a few moments, you guys. Just pray, whatever that means to you, pray in the spirit. Jesus, we just thank you for nations, Lord. We thank you for nations. If you feel called to Asia, just stand right now. You feel called to Asia, God's. We just say yes to these callings in Jesus' name. I'm just going to, if you just want to do anything, bro. Just, yeah. Just go. Wow, Father. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I just see this image of Samson tying t- uh, torches to foxes' tails and sending them into the Philistines' fields. So uh, those of you who are... Uh, standing right now. Um, Just hold your hands out and people get around them right now. I just pray for the fire of God to fall on each person right now in Jesus' name. Whoa! The fire of the gospel. The fire of the Holy Ghost. Wow, that would be like a trail behind them 
and like a force field before them, and that you would launch them powerfully, violently into the nations like a missile, going exactly where you've determined in the name of Jesus, that you would send these people, send them, send them, send them, send them, go, 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 go. Yes. <laughs> Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Did you guys know, fun fact, did you know the, the word for casting out demons is the same word for sending laborers? It's actually, it's a supernatural, powerful act of God that sends people into the harvest fields. Yeah, so I pray for that, that, that supernatural, powerful sending into the harvest fields, into the harvest fields of Orange County too, that it would just be this, this act of God, like this propulsion where you don't see any other, you know, wow, just, thank you, Papa. That's good. Yeah. We're past time. Yeah, but I mean, at this point, at least people, if they want to stay, they can. Still hungry. Still hungry. Come on. That's good. Yes. More. Oh, Father God. Father God. Uh, is there somebody here who you're feeling, um, you're feeling like warmth and tingling in your left hand, and it started while I was speaking earlier? Your left hand, and it's continued up to this point. Yeah? That's awesome. Yeah, can you stand up? Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. There's stuff coming for you. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, there are like, there are doors opening, and favor is resting on you, and there's actually, um, angels coming beside you that are specifically for the assignment that's ahead of you. They actually aren't even there for what you've been through. They're there for, what you, for your, where you're going. Because where you're going, you're going to need a lot of angelic support, which means you're going to see a lot of angelic support. You know, come on. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Ooh, I just see vehicles, travel. Um, I see God like taking you to different places. He's bringing, I see you like a semi truck in the spirit that you're going around these different routes and you're carrying this huge cargo. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. He's definitely taking you to, to nations. To different nations. Thank you, Jesus. That's so good. Wow, 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 wow. I see lots of different nations. Lots of different nations. I see like Europe, but also you're like in the jungle in a canoe. And that kind of thing. Thank you, Papa. Thank you, Papa. Yeah, I just bless you, Father. Whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Do it more. Do it more. Yeah, and um, 
see like financial breakthrough coming to you as well. There's been the question in your mind of that. Like, how's all this going to work? God's got it all worked out. He's got it all worked out. Just follow the presence. Wow. Yes. Fire. (laughs) More. Woo. (laughs) Go, go, go. (laughs) Yes. That's awesome. Come on. Jesus. Um, I just feel, I was going to add before we close. Uh, we pray for people that feel called to Asia. If you feel called to Orange County, and you feel like like you were stirred up by the miracles, by the idea of being a missionary with a full time job or in school, if that if that's you, but there's something you stir, you just don't know how it's going to happen. But I'm called to this region. Can you stand up right now? Awesome. Awesome. Come on. Again, just put your hand on the person. I'm just going to pray for us. Pray for all these people right now. Hmm. Father, I thank you for hunger and each one of these people here. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you satisfy those, God, that, that cry out for you, that hunger for you, Father. Lord, I just we just we just thank you, Lord, that there are that these people standing up, and everybody in this community, but these people are called to the lost. They're called to the poor. They're called to the rich. They're called to the poor in spirit, Father. They will that you're going to send them out, God. Right now, I just I see people are being led, being woken up. Jesus, what do you want to do today? And Father, I just thank you that I just feel like God's upgrading everybody's ability to hear Him. Every, every, the heart is there. So, Father, I pray you'd mature everybody's hearing right now. I pray you'd give them confidence. We're confident sons and daughters. That I just prophesy the confident son and daughter over each one of you that you hear your Father's voice. Now go. Now go and do exactly what he says. Have fun. Be like that child that Joel's been talking about. That go and just talk to people. Say hello to people. Love on them. Give them hugs. If you see the needy, you're the answer. And so, Father, we just commission these people right now, along with anybody else that's feeling it, God, that they are commissioned into Orange County to be complete world changers of people. And, Father, we just prophesy miracles, signs and wonders, healings are going to be easier than ever, God, for this whole community, God, that today was a day that we heard the stories, we heard the faith-filling stories, and there's time to release these all over the city, all over the city, God, all over the city, all over the city, God. We thank you for your presence, God. We thank you for your presence, God. All right. Come on. Amen. Amen. Can we just give God just a... Just give God praise right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Jesus. Come on, we'll get the prayer team up. Woo. I love you guys. Don't you love when we have incredible family members like Joel and Lacey here? Can we just give them one last just place of honor? We just, come on. I think they're going to hang out for a little while longer, then we're going to grab them and do lunch or something. But if you want to hang out, you want to come on up, you can. We have a prayer team. Um, feel free to come on up. If you need a word from the Lord, we've got incredible people up here. 
um, that want to pray for you. So let's put the house music up. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.